0: Is the Brum Radio Comedy Show, the difficult seventh show, with me, James Cook, taking a look at all the things that are happening comedy-wise in and around Birmingham in the next week and a bit. If you're listening on Mixcloud or the podcast, hello. Thank you for joining us. Uh, So, uh, last weekend at the Glee Club on Sunday night was Rough Works. Hey, you may remember on the show last week we talked to uh, Joe Enright, the... Empress of Rough Works, uh, all about uh, how it works. We also to spoke to Craig Deely, who who is appearing about how uh, he approaches uh, taking part in it. It's a uh, monthly new material night. Uh, the idea being that uh, local uh, pro and semi-pro acts get to go up on the stage at the Glee Club in the studio room and try out all their new ideas the new stories their new jokes and just find out how they work now of course on Sunday uh, the weather was um, officially end of days uh, which uh, we thought it wasn't going to go ahead there were lots of messages going around going is it still happening are we still doing it uh, and everything but it still went ahead because we're nothing if not troopers and uh, we had a nice little crowd in as well. We didn't think anyone was going to brave it out there, but uh, we had around about uh, 60 to 70 people came along to, to see the experiment. A lot of people there for the very first time as well which is always good to see. And uh, we had a great fun night, as per usual, at Rough Works. Uh, the Cheeky Blinders were comparing the shows. This is a double act, Paul and Andy Nightingale, a sort of uh, Peaky Blinders parody, if you will. Uh, they're very charming. And then there were nine acts on, including uh, Craig Dealey, including me as well. I got to try out my new bits. Uh, I I had two jokes, basically, that I was that I really wanted to try out and a lot of other stuff that I wasn't sure about. And those two jokes both went pretty well, so I'm, I might be onto something with those. Uh, also appearing was Hannah Sylvester, who I caught up with before the show. Here with Hannah Sylvester.
1: Hello, James Cook. <laughs>
0: Hi, <laughs> We're standing outside the back of the Glee Club just before Rough Work's starts Looks on uh, Sunday night. Hannah, you're appearing tonight.
1: I am indeed. Uh, I'm ready for it. Are you? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> but.
0: <laughs> how do you get ready for Rough Work's?
1: Well, I do prepare a little bit um, because it is a new material night so obviously you can't just go with no new material or the other comedians shout at you so I uh, try to think of some jokes that might be funny, and then <laughs> I stand on stage and I say them out loud. All right,
0: this is a very literal uh, <laughs> description of what Rugworks is.
1: And then, uh, And then afterwards, we all have a lovely chat and we all help each other out. And we say, that was really great, yeah. buddy. <laughs>
0: Hopefully. <laughs> Do people say that? I've never had that. Have you,
1: you never had that? I've
0: had. Well, well you tried.
1: <laughs> it's difficult opening. Okay. That's so, so yeah. you've had. That's what I've had. No, it's my favourite night. Yeah. Of any really? night. Yeah, it's my absolute favourite night. I love it. Because um, it is Birmingham majority Birmingham acts come together it's like a little social
0: you got your set all sorted for tonight well I've you? got it
1: I've got some bullet points written on a piece of paper because you can use notepads on the stage which is really nice and I'm going to be doing a bit about um hopefully about um being from a uh, family w- uh, with uh, with uh, my dad, who's a bit of a Tory, and uh, because I think it's funny, it's an, a funny subject, um, but we'll see how that goes. And because uh, it can be very, uh, it can split rooms, can't it? That sort of thing. But I think it, I've got a funny take on it, basically. So, All right,
0: is that the bit you're looking forward to doing?
1: Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to doing it and seeing if because I've, I've done it once before, um, and I, I, no, I've done it twice before because I did my Leicester show yesterday and I did it and it worked there. So I'm going to try it again tonight. And then I've got some other bits that I've just I've literally just written today kind of on the back of that as well so a couple of new bits that I'm going to try yep. what about you What
0: well, I've got a, an amazing new joke which I'm really excited about okay. and it's, which means it's guaranteed to not get anything I just end up selling on stage going huh <laughs> guys <laughs> yeah
1: yeah because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we meet beforehand don't we and we discuss ideas and that's quite nice but we didn't do it today because of the storm yeah, the
0: storm prevented us doing any yes. work unfortunately hey, have you got any bits you're a bit sort of oh I'm not sure how this is going to go? I've
2: um,
1: got a few bits that I'm going to try. Um, I've got a bit of a joke that I sort of put on Facebook the other day because I'm not like you. Are You bash them all out, don't you, on Twitter and things like that, you and Craig and stuff like that. I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. Craig does. <laughs> so it I, um, did get a few likes, so I thought maybe I'll try that as a joke, but we'll see whether it works better. I think it probably works better as a joke. Okay,
0: what's that joke about? It's
1: about having female friends that are very supportive of you to an extreme example okay. so that you know you could like literally tell them that you had spent the night in a skip, <laughs> and they'd be like oh well it's just nice that you get to let your hair down and relax <laughs> at the weekends. there's a great
0: too... I- in- impression of a woman there <laughs> <laughs> that's well, the kind of impression of a woman I... a man would do <laughs> Yeah. slightly higher voice so
1: basically it's about my friends <laughs> it's literally my friends are always really supportive of me no matter what I say like if I come in and uh, meet them and say oh I've got a really bad hangover they'll always go oh well it's good that you can lay your hair down and I'd just <laughs> like to see how extreme I can yeah. take that but yeah. I haven't quite got it as extreme as okay. it needs to be yet so All I might right. pick your brains about
0: that alright well maybe you'll write it on stage right? maybe maybe it's exciting
1: yeah alright thank you very much oh you're very welcome
0: It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show with a tambourine and me, James Cook. Hello. Uh, So, talking about some of the events that are coming up in and around Birmingham in the next week and a bit, including uh, a a show at the Glee Club on Friday the 21st of February, so it's not tomorrow, it's the week tomorrow, uh, featuring one of the best uh, comedians that I've seen certainly had the privilege of working with on the, um, on the circuit in um, in recent years and that is Paul McCaffrey who joins me on the phone right now hi Paul hello James how are you I'm, I'm all right how are you
3: I'm very well thank you a little bit croaky voiced I think maybe but uh, I'm all right
0: yeah is that a um, occupational hazard from
3: it is a bit of an occupation I had a bit of a uh, cold last week which has sort of been lingering but I'm uh, through the worst of it
0: yeah are you sure
3: I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: No one trusts a cold anymore, do they,
3: Paul? No, quite. I understand Brighton's been hit quite badly with the old uh, coronavirus. And and that's where you live, isn't it? I don't know. I live in Winchester. I did live there. I oh, got out just before. Yeah, that's so, suspicious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so where are you right now? You in you're in your place right now.
3: I'm in Winchester, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, in, I'm in my house. So you're not on the road, as it were. I'm not on the road, but I am off to Plymouth tonight, so I, I'm not on the road at the moment, but I will be soon.
0: Is that Will, will that be uh, Is that your tour show? You're doing? <laughs>
3: no, that's just a gig.
0: You're the hardest working man in show business, even though you've got a tour ongoing. You're yeah. also picking up gigs and
3: everything. I know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> not at, I at all. I don't know what's wrong with me. Not just I yes, I do I do like to work a lot, yeah.
0: Yeah, you've got a gift and you need to share it with the people.
3: Oh, thank you. That way.
0: Um so this uh this tour show of yours it's called Lemon. Yeah. Yep. What's that all about then?
3: Well, it's just a kind of uh descriptive title I think of uh, a bit of a lemon. Um <clears throat> it's um so it's yeah that that that's the I just I, I've never had a show with a one word title before either. Um and I just quite uh it just it just struck me as these things do And I thought, oh, I quite like that, that works quite well And then as it transpires uh, Another comic uh, had also called their show Lemon um, Which you don't find out until you've sort of registered it all you know. As you know yourself, you kind of register these things early And then uh, the brochure comes out And there it was, so, another another show called Lemon So
0: this was at the Edinburgh Fringe last
3: year? Yeah, this I was at the Edinburgh Festival last year yeah, yeah, Who yeah. else
0: was calling their show Lemon <laughs>
3: Um, Catherine Bohart, and oh, of um, yes, yeah. So we worked together actually quite recently at the Manchester Comedy Store, and she was like, "Oh, what we're we gonna, what are we get to call our show this year?" <laughs> <laughs> this might be quite a funny thing to just uh... lime, yeah, well, exactly. Just work through the citrus fruit, and then, and okay. then go on from there. I'm actually, gonna, I know what I'm going to call my show this year. I'm going to call it Dreamer. So if Catherine Bohart is listening, hands off.
0: I know she's all about this show, so she'll be all over that. Yeah. Right. Uh, you've, you've toured before, haven't you?
3: Yeah, this is my second uh, solo tour. Okay. Um, so, yeah, second second time back at... back. At, well, it's, yeah, it's my return visit to Birmingham Glee, if, if, if you will. Um, really good fun last year. Um, and So I'm hoping that that will be the same this year.
0: Okay, and of course, since that show um, <sighs> toured and... Uh, since then, you've you've yeah. uh, been on the uh, live at the Apollo, haven't you?
3: I have. That was a real dream come true. Yeah, That's been sort of. A, that's been like, a, well, not a lifelong ambition because it hasn't been uh, going as long as I've been alive. But you know, it, not far off it. <laughs> Certainly, since I started doing this, I mean, a, I'm sure a lot, lot of you know, comics that is. Sort of holy grail, really. I suppose to a certain degree. It's um, and I was very, very, very honoured and happy to uh, get asked to do it, and uh, you know, for it to go well and all of that. So yeah, so that was that uh, was exciting. It was so a good day.
0: What is that like then? Because there's a lot of um, rumours and hearsay about what Live at the Apollos really like, and, you know, bitter old hacks like me in the dressing room are getting told things like, well, of course, they double the laughter in afterwards and all of that. What's it actually like from the point of view of, of someone doing it for the first time?
3: Well, I was very lucky because I'd actually been in that. That was, the, that was my 10th time of performing on that stage because I did it seven times supporting Kevin Bridges and then twice with Sean Locke. So I kind of had that... You know, I turned up there knowing the room, so so that was lucky. Um, I mean, I have to say, it, 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 I, I, I really enjoyed it. I was very nervous. It's the sort of run-up to it is the kind of more uh, unpleasant side of it, you know, when you're sort of lock, rattling around in a dressing room for sort of six hours beforehand, driving six yourself... Yeah, you have to get there sort of quite early, and then so you just sort of got a lot of time on your own to sort of start second-guessing, and I, I was obsessed that my hand was going to shake, but then once I sort of, you know, and obviously there's the whole, the, 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 the kind of sign going up with the smoke, it's quite iconic, um, and kind of watching it as much as I'm and I certainly have watched it a lot over the years, to then be stood behind that sign was quite, sur- quite surreal, to be like, Christ, I'm, I'm here, this is it. <laughs> Um, and then when I went out, it, yeah, it just it just felt like a gig really. I was um, the audience and lit, which is a bit sort of uh, strange. You but mean that other-
0: the the light is on them rather than yes. in the in the young person.
3: Speaking. So usually when, when I've done that, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah not, not a young person speak, I haven't started using that vernacular. Yeah, <laughs> that audience was off the chain. No, it was, <laughs> um, it was uh, yeah, so so they're obviously lit so that they can film, that, you know, their reactions and stuff like that. So other than that, they were really up for it. It was good, really good fun. Uh, uh, one of the better days of my uh, life, I would say.
0: Okay, and uh, since it's been on TV, has, mm. has it changed you at all, Paul?
3: I don't think so. <laughs> no, I just think... Have
0: you been Have you been recognised or anything like that? Has anything like that happened to you?
3: Um, I think well, I, I was I was in a TV show like a few years ago called Impractical Jokers Jokes, and I used to get recognised a lot then. But uh, not I don't. A couple of people said, "Oh, you were like, yeah," no, but not that much. I don't think it. You know. I, not, not 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 as much as certainly when i was in impractical jokers that would a lot because it was on they used to show it so many times over the course of a week and it was you know a half hour show that i was in all the time so i think that was a bit of a different but it's it's only like a 5 stand up clip. all
0: right oh we're, we might be losing you a little bit there paul we're losing the oh, signal
2: a
3: little, little bit stand, Can you hear me?
0: go and stand on the roof or something
3: um <laughs> blowing a gale
0: out there i think i think the perception is that uh yeah. you know you you go on like the polo and then boom yeah. you're a, you're a famous guy now
3: yes i don't feel like that has happened but uh you know it's uh, it's it, yeah it was it was it was a great thing to do and uh i think in, in these days you know where there's so many platforms and channels and kind of outlets and Obviously, sort of, you know, the kind of eighteen to thirty-five uh, demographic don't watch television in the same. I don't know. We're a sort of similar age, so the way we watched television when we were growing up, mm. you know, live, um, there was, you know, n- not so many channels, kind of. Um, and I think now, it, 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 you know, anything on television does not get the same kind of uh, volume uh, of of of, of watchers as it as it used to. So. But you know, you just got to keep plugging away and uh, hopefully sort of that will lead on to something else, which will lead on to something else. And strictly, who knows? Oh, man. <laughs> I actually think I'm a pretty good dancer, to be honest with you, but I kind of, I'm <laughs> not the sort of, it's just raw, natural sort of like, I don't think, it's not the sort of person you could teach, I don't think.
2: Yeah. You're an untamed
3: um, dancing talent. Yeah. So uh, I don't know whether I'd be able to go on there and just sort of do my own thing. But, yeah. Um, okay but, yeah
0: all right so uh, the show is lemon what uh, kind of do you talk about lemons in the show
3: no there's no mention of lemons other than in the title um it's just all about kind of uh, things that i have done which uh make make but guess make my life difficult for myself like i bought a huawei phone um which i didn't know how to use uh went on holiday to mexico for my honeymoon and uh got ill got something called montezuma's revenge oh, which, blimey. yeah which is like um that sort of version of Daily Betty, but it's called montezuma's revenge because it's it sort of after the initial effect infection it lives like a parasite it's has been a lot of talk of illness hasn't there yeah but um, we're getting it old can keep coming back. we are getting old, yeah it keeps coming back it can come back for up to three months after the initial infection
0: oh blimey
3: I mean, i brought some souvenirs back from holiday in my time, but that is uh, <laughs> the first time, I've ever had a, first time I've ever had a nostalgic bowel movement. <laughs> so sat, sat on the toilet three weeks after my holiday going, oh, this takes me back. Um, so, yeah, it's all sort of stuff stuff like that. It's, it's, it's good, a, good, a, good, a good, funny, accessible stand-up show, I would say.
0: Yeah, you've got, um, I think, one of the most difficult things to to get right in stand up is um, broad appeal. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I think. I think so. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I, I, I like to think it, it's it's not the sort of stand up where you know people are going to be going oh I did not get it or anything like that. It, mm. You know it is um, accessible and um, funny. Crucially, I, yeah, I, I think absolutely. you know it's um, and uh, you know I think all ages could enjoy it and. Yeah. I, I believe yeah, it was uh,
0: I believe it was Chris Stein of Blondie, who once said, "The easiest thing in the world is to have six fans. Uh, what's difficult is to appeal to more people than that." And I think uh, yes. of, of acts I've seen. Um, uh, there's a handful of you. There's you. Uh, there's Andrew Bird and there's Scott Bennett. And with the three of you, I just go, "Well, surely it can only be a matter of time before these guys oh. are absolutely
3: huge." Well, yes, and um, they're both excellent. So that is a. Uh it's very nice to be included in in, in with them yeah no, no, well i hope so you've got to keep keep on keeping on yeah i mean it's sort of a, i think i mean i've been doing it a while now it's been my job for 10 years and i think when you sort of first start out you know you you perhaps are operating under the delusion that it might sort of happen quite quickly and actually that's everyone's journeys are different and you know i think the, the longer you do it in theory the better you, the better you are yeah. Um, and you know, I keep doing Edinburgh. I'm going to be going up to Edinburgh again this year, writing a new show. So, um, I what's that? There's, I'm sorry, just to, to throw another sort of adage back at you. you know, you, you it, can, it can never it can't happen too um, too late, but it can happen too early. And I think that's sort of a, a, a good. I yeah. think in this country there is definitely an obsession with the kind of newer people, and people get sort of perhaps opportunities when they're not ready, whereas in maybe in america the, the, you, you know the people who've been doing it for years and sort of out of the road they, there is a level of respect for that which i think maybe um is a bit absent in this country i'm not sure
0: yeah we, we love the thrill of the new don't we we love that oh this is the new thing let's have a look at yes. the new thing and then if you look at the you know the last 20 years of uh people who've sort of made the breakthrough from the circuit to uh, to being big big
3: stars yeah.
0: and everything. You look at John Bishop and Mickey Flanagan and they were on the circuit for years.
3: Absolutely. Both away. names I was just about to mention and and, and and all the better for it. You know, I think, yeah, that's... Uh, so that's me. <laughs> it's the long game for me. Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh, and, uh, um, well, best of luck with the show on the, oh, the 21st of February. It's called Lemon. It's at the Glee Club. Uh, yep. Always a pleasure to uh, to speak to you and, and to see Likewise. you work. Have a good one in Plymouth tonight, Paul. Thank
4: you very much.
3: Cheers, James. Thanks for having me on. All right, no worries. Take care. Cheers.
0: Paul McCaffrey there, the Glee Club, 21st of February. He is a really, really brilliant comedian. I absolutely recommend him to everyone. Uh, we'll have some more music now and then... Uh, Another Paul, Paul Sinha, is on the show. We'll be speaking to him about lots and lots of different things after this from The Strokes. It's the Brum Radio Comedy Show with me, James Cook, here on Brum Radio, live from Digmouth, uh, looking at uh, events, things comedy-wise, that are happening in and around Birmingham in the next uh, week and a bit. I mean, it's not the catchiest of taglines for a radio show, but uh, it'll do for now. Um Someone else who will be uh, perfuming, perfuming? Yeah, that's right. I said perfuming, performing in Birmingham in the next uh, week. In fact, at this weekend on Saturday, the 15th of February at Mac, is Paul Sinha. He brings his show. Hazy Little Thing Called Love. Obviously, he's had quite the eventful year. He was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. He's also got married. He's become the world's uh, best quizzer or something like that. He continues his work on The Chase. And now he's touring a brand new comedy show. I caught up with him earlier in the week and I started by asking him how the tour was going.
2: Early days. I mean, officially the tour starts this year, but I've actually done the show Hazy Little Thing Called Love on six separate occasions from Aberdeen down to Southport, et cetera, last year. And it went really well. We seem to be having a, a quicker sale of tickets than the last year, so it's nice. All I had to do was do very badly on Taskmaster to develop a neurological disease. <laughs> Such is the way that comedy works. Never mind.
0: Yeah, there's no other sort of uh, comedy-based podcast out there that's giving that real
2: practical advice to comedians <laughs> about how to get on. <laughs> very true. Um, and then, I didn't want December and not doing the show because I had momentum. But we started, we were in Lincoln at the end of January, and in a student union venue, the average age was about 56. I do wonder whether students just don't watch any comedy other than Paul Smith and YouTube, because you know, I just can't get them to come and watch the show. As you know, I'm a very hip, woke, of-the-moment comedian, with a lot of references to ghosting and gaslighting, the sort of stuff that they that occupies their conversations.
0: Yeah. you're always talking about Nintendos and...
2: The... Exactly, yeah. I've had to embrace the fact that I don't think I'm ever going to be a young person's comedian again.
0: It surprises me because, certainly, I mean, it's been 100 years since I was a student, but watching daytime quizzes was a huge part of the student's
2: lifestyle. Do they not do that anymore? Do you know what? When I walk out and Bradley says, it's the doctor, comedian, and British quiz champion, Paul Sinha Nobody spots the word comedian. They just don't. That's not people's perception. They see a clumsy man with a smug face in a white suit, desperately trying to land jokes that are funny in his head, not quite as funny in the head of the ITV viewers. And I don't think that's my perception. Last night, genuinely, I went to do a nightclub PA at a student night in a walkabout bar in Cardiff, because you know, this is very much my natural environ. <laughs> and I, 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 I walked onto stage, and a bunch of people just started chanting in unison. So no man. Sin no man. And I looked out and I thought, rather than this, I just want ten of you to come and see me do stand up comedy. <laughs> just ten. That will that will do. So I think I'm good. You are uh, good. There is a part
0: of this where I just kind of try and give you therapy, I suppose.
2: Yeah, well thank you. that's very that's very kind of you. Uh, I, it's a good show. You saw it when it was seventy five percent ready at uh, that lovely little place. In Oxfordshire, Ox- was it? Yes, Bambury. Bambury, yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely gig. Just before you're about to head up to Aberdeen. Things are being added all the time, and like, as as people know now, because it's been much covered in the media, I've got a story to tell of how I got engaged, married, and got Parkinson's, and humiliated myself on a national TV show, all in the same year. And I really like the show. I, I, I think it's really good, and it's going to get better over, over the course of the year. It's too late now for Birmingham. Everyone who's bought their tickets has bought their tickets, pretty much. But please come and see the show. Yeah, it is a terrific show. And like uh, all the shows
0: of yours that I've seen, um, which is must be three or four of them now, what has always struck me about your stuff, Paul, about your long shows, is that they're incredibly densely
2: written. Yes, I don't really know why. I, I, I'm not enough of a student of stylistic comedy to know why that is. I need to slow down a bit on stage. My husband, Ollie, tapes every show that I do. And sometimes I listen back and I go, what the devil is that? Will you just stop and breathe and just take a sip from a drink? The density of the writing is entirely deliberate, but the density of the performance is not entirely deliberate. And I'd like to slow down a bit and just let the the material breathe. Because there are so many jokes in the show. In terms of
0: hour-long shows that are a story, and I don't think anyone's got the sort of hit rate of gags that you've managed to get into yours do you
2: know, do you know what that's really kind james and that's what i'm i genuinely take great pride in one of my proudest moments was uh sarah and uh, gary come to see my show in edinburgh
0: this is sarah millican and gary delaney,
2: gary delaney. and gary saying to me afterwards that he was really surprised by how many jokes there were in the show and it's really important to me narrative is important pathos the way that i write my shows i am there will be pathos, but it's not you know it's not troweled on. I don't consider myself to have the forty minute moment that so many shows to do. I like the pathos to be sometimes in the fourth minute or at the nineteenth just to keep you on your toes, <laughs> but it's jokes there's loads and loads of jokes and and as as you know, there's also what I call the surprise ending, which i I thought I came up with on, on a journey back home from a gig in September and I'm really pleased with how the surprise ending is going. Yeah, we're not going to give anything away. No. Uh, but I, is, I, I might
0: ask you some you, vague questions about it. How has the surprise ending or, been going down with audiences?
2: Yeah, really, really well. I mean, I, I don't rehearse it enough, uh, but it's, it's been going really, really well. I've only been doing it in uh, places that have the, the uh, facility to let me do it. Hmm. But it's very much representative of the fact that I'm taking more chances than I perhaps used to because I'm enjoying the fact that, really, I can do whatever the devil I like. I've genuinely no idea how long I'm going to be a stand-up comedy for. and Therefore, I've got to pack my stand-up comedy life with as many risks as possible. Yes, I don't want to get, As you know, because you're a Facebook friend of mine, I improvised a rap on a recent recording of The Chase. And as I performed it, I just thought to myself, yeah... This is exactly what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. I don't just want to be standing there being Mr. Ernest. I want to have some fun. Oh, Um, good for you, man. I want to do the things I've never really got round to doing in my comedy career thus far, like contributing to a panel show by saying something. That's one of my dreams. (laughs) Uh, A couple of years ago, I had the double whammy of doing QI and Would I Lie to You in in the same year. And particularly in QI... I found myself frozen to the spot, thinking to myself, "I'm just too polite to interrupt." <laughs> uh, and I don't consider myself to be about polite. I've lost the brakes on the filter, and I'd like to have another go. Yeah, if if anyone's listening out
0: there, I'd like another go. All the movers oh. and shakers listen to this show. So I hear. What what are the things you you mentioned that there are lots of things you'd like to try and do? Is there anything else you'd like to try and do that's outside your comfort zone, maybe?
2: Well, I'd like to write a book, but that's not really a performance thing. I really, really want to write my life story. When I say my life story, the road I took in the last ten years that ended up with me being the British quiz champion, I think it's something that I can make entertaining and funny. And I would, I would love to, the chance to do that. But other than that, I mean, you know me pretty well. I love long-form live stand-up comedy more than I love any other aspect of my life. I, I see it as, as an intellectual challenge. I see it as an entertainment challenge. I think it's the thing that I'm best at in my head. I just want to perform the show as many, many times as humanly possible the next uh, year and a quarter. I want to come back to the back is what I'm saying. It's a really, really nice venue. I really like it. Uh, you know, I want to come back maybe in the autumn or next spring and do the show again, because it's really, I was talking to a journalist the other day, the way that journalism and comedy works is you get most rewarded for your early shows. No-one really cares about your fourth or your fifth or your sixth shows because people know who you are by then. People go out to Edinburgh and they get attention for their first or second shows, and that isn't the way that it should be because you haven't reached your peak development as a comedian in your first and second shows. I got an Edinburgh nomination in 2006. It's now 14 years later, and 14 years later is when I think I've done the show that's most me out of all the shows that I've done. You say that, but I remember seeing a preview of that
0: 2006 show at the Robbins' Well in Leamington Spa and just
2: being blown away by it. Seriously. It's, Cause it's the the actual Admiration Society thing that we have going is, 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 is very useful, James. It's
0: very useful. I, I, I remember I'd met you a couple of times previously at gigs and things, and then you were doing that gig at the Reckless Moment, and I went along to watch, and that, that was like watching you step up. I remember thinking, I think that could be, you know, nominated
2: <laughs> like that. And I'm there you know. is there there is for me a phrase that I've used a couple of times: fire in the belly or ferocity of spirit. I think St. Osanna in 2006. The reason that the show worked so well is because I felt I was at a time in life where there, there were an awful lot of things that I wanted to talk about, and I literally knew I would be the first. Uh, non-camp, openly gay, Asian comedian the Edinburgh Festival had ever seen. And I knew that I was bringing something different. 14 years on, there's about 18 non-camp, <laughs> openly gay, British, Asian comedians. And you've got, you've got to look elsewhere. So I'm I'm the one with a progressive degenerative disease. I've got to, yeah. I've got to, I've got to play that card. <laughs> you, you've, got to, you've got to play the hand, the, the, the shaky hand that you're given. I always think with comedy, You should be on stage doing the jokes that only you can do. That's for me the definition of what anybody's role in stand-up comedy is. So I've, I've always been grateful to having a really distinctive and unusual life. If I'd gone to Edinburgh last year, which I didn't, whatever show that I'd have taken would not have been anywhere near as good as the show that I've written this year. Speaking of cards, in a clumsy segue, are you on a greetings card? I mean, I know what you're referring to. Yeah, the people do use my image without asking me or without paying me. Uh, huh. I'd received it as a, as a text or something a couple of days ago. Then it just came up on my Facebook feed. It's not every day that your own face randomly comes up on your Facebook feed. It's, I'm flattered. I mean, I'm not flattered by the photo that they've used, but nonetheless, <laughs> I, I'm flattered. It's very, the, the world of being a minor celebrity is very, very strange because a lot of people have never heard of you and have no idea who you are. And a lot of people, you're a hero to them. And it's odd dealing with that dichotomy because I still want to live my life. A normal person that goes to normal pubs and normal bars and normal restaurants. And is just a person there. When I walk into a bar in Liverpool, people lose their shit <laughs> because they've all, they've all watched The Chase. Uh, last night, me and Ollie were walking down the street in Cardiff and we looked through the window of a pub because everybody was singing. And someone well, someone in the pub just noticed me and just went, oh my God, it's the cinema. And they all started looking at me through the window, pointing at me and shouting at me. And it was like, in London, my own next door neighbors don't know that I'm on the chase. <laughs> They've got no idea. Because in London, people don't watch TV at 5pm. So this being on a greeting card, it's just something that you shrug your shoulders and go, yep, life life's rich tapestry. <laughs> I've got a photo on my Facebook of Jenny Ryan singing a live set at Heaven. And you think, we just started as people who liked a quiz. <laughs> now one's you know cashing in on a celebrity X Factor career, and the other one gets shouted at some pubs in Cardiff. It's amazing that a, what's the word where everything comes together? I don't know. But, but one daytime quiz on ITV could be that culturally influential. It doesn't make any sense at all. But I'm just really glad it did because before the chase came along I was selling full cool tickets for this show. <laughs> so I'm just glad it did. But
0: you are now and I'm delighted that it's it's going well for you, Paul. And have a great time at the Mac at the weekend. I love
2: Mac and I'm looking forward to it massively.
0: Right, so looking at some stuff that's coming up uh, comedy-wise in and around Birmingham. What have we have got tonight? Well, tonight, Thursday, of course, the usual suspects are on Comedy Carousel at the Glee Club, hosted by Brum Radio's very own Andy Robinson. Uh, the legendary open mic night at the Hollybush is also happening. Uh, Sam Avery, who was on last week's show, he's got another show, uh, another one of his Todd Lageddon shows at the Old Rep tonight. You can check out the interview by uh, going into the Brum Radio comedy show archive at BrumRadio.com. They're all uh, up there still. Um, on uh, Mixcloud and also uh, on the podcast. Speaking of which, tomorrow night, Friday, Valentine's Day, Tony Law, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, talking about his show, uh, that'll be on uh, tomorrow. On Saturday, Paul Sinner, who was here just a little while ago, is on uh, Mac. I believe there are still are uh, a handful of tickets left for that. Janie Godley. Is uh, on at the Bromsgrove Art Tricks. She's an absolute force of nature, Janie. Um, I was lucky enough to share a venue with her in Edinburgh last year, and she's uh, uh, yeah, she's incredible. And uh, Tom Stade is on at the Glee Club. His tour show. On Sunday night. Uh, you know, Tom, he's uh, probably best known for a routine about uh, watching a guy selling meat out of a van in Wolverhampton. Uh, anyway, he'll be doing his thing at the Glee Club on Sunday night. Uh, if only there was someone around, though, who could tell us about uh, another night that was happening on Sunday. Hello, it's Charms
4: of Comic. You can find me on YouTube now as well. Please subscribe. I'm from the Project Mayhem Comedy. I've got another night. It's on the 16th of February, this Sunday. At 630 at the Boston Tea Party, Harborn, B179NJ. Just £1 to get in. And we've got some brilliant comedians trying their brand new material. We've got Douglas Carter, Ben Briggs, Good Kids, Jonathan Hipkiss. And it'd be lovely to see you there. And get there early for seats. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for that, Sham. So that's details of a new material night on Sunday in, in Harbourn at the Boston Tea Party. Uh, Monday night, there's loads of stuff going on in town. Uh, not only the regular open mic night at uh, Loki in Age and some big touring shows are going to be in town too. We'll be talking all about those after some music on the Brum Radio Comedy Show. It's the so- Brum Radio Comedy Show. For the thirteenth of February, two thousand twenty, with me, James Cook, been uh, looking at shows that are happening in and around Birmingham, and a uh, very odd thing has happened. We've got a phone call. Someone's rung us in the studio. That that never happens. Um, l- let me find out if they're still there. Hello. Hello. Who's that? Hello. Yes, it's James here from the Brum Radio Comedy Show. Who's who's that? Dave. Hey.
4: Not Dave.
0: No, it's James.
4: Oh, trains! Oh, sorry. I yeah, thought they pulled me through to Dave. I what is what Gary Poundland. Uh, I spelled get out, but yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. About the I I've hey. right, just up. Sorry. Oh, my...
0: Hang on. You're breaking up a bit there, Gary. This is Gary Poundland uh, right?
4: Yeah. Can you hear me now? I, I can hear you now. All right. Can you hear me
0: now? Yeah, I can hear what? you now.
4: All right, Dave. Can you hear me? Yeah,
0: yes, I can hear you, Gary. Why are you okay. why are you calling, mate?
4: Well, it's not me all business, Dave. I'm trying to speak to James.
0: This is James.
4: Oh, sorry, Dave. Uh, James. <laughs> is this Dave or James?
0: It's James.
4: Okay, right then. So, who's Dave?
0: I don't know, Gary. Well, what
4: you... Well, you've got to sort yourselves out there, man. This is very confusing, you know, Dave.
0: It is very confusing.
4: Yeah, right. So, well, yeah, I'll ring it up because Dave told me to ring it up. So, is Dave where?
0: No, Dave isn't here.
4: Dave, okay, Dave's not there. So, this is James. Yes. I think I've finally got my it. Oh, good. All right, Dave, sorry about that. So, I'm ringing it up uh, just to promote my uh, show. What's it be, uh, the Glee Club in Birkingham on Monday night.
0: Yeah, you're doing a show at yeah, the Glee?
4: Yeah, you know, the Glee Club in Arcadia by, uh, by uh, where the Chinese people go and the gays. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, on Thursday. Yeah, by there. Yeah.
4: He said the Arcadia room. Uh, I think he started at eight o'clock. He called the, the Gower Poundland Show 2020.
0: Okay, the Gary Poundland Show.
4: Yeah, well, you, it's just like kind of stories from my life. You know, I, was, I don't know if you know anything about me, Dave, but I covenantly got a family of foxes living with me here, So it's just kind of me talking about my life and what's happening and what's going on with my neighbors and my best friend, what's called Barry Mullins. Yeah, so, it's, so I just wanted to let people know it's a me. Okay, well, uh,
0: yeah. have, have you been. Uh, you're all over social media, aren't you, Gary? You've got quite a following.
4: Oh, I am on it like a car boot all over the social media. Oh, really? Yeah, well, uh, follow us on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. Not so many on Twitter, but I don't like that. You've only got 140 characters to swear with you. Oh, really, Dave. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's not enough, is it? It's not enough. No. So uh, there'll be stories from your life, and you've got some guests, have you, as well, on the oh, show? Oh, well,
4: yeah, well it's, kind of like, um, it's kind of like my life, really. It's like... The stage will be my living group. Like Mrs. Brain Boys, but funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, okay. Like
0: Mrs.
4: Brain Boys, but not jokes from 40 years ago. <laughs> all right. Don't get me Taking us all for Mickey with a TV loads of his feet. You know what I mean? Right. You know what
0: I mean? Oh, okay, excellent. So that sounds like a, a good fun show. It's Monday night, yeah?
4: Monday night, I think the doors are about 7, 7.30. But um, just say as well, no heckling. Because I will kick your teeth in afterwards.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, not that's not you a...
4: personally, no. All, Dave. No, to not everybody me. Everybody listening, uh, do you, Dave? You fancy coming down at all?
0: Um, I, unfortunately, I'm I'm working on Monday night. I'm afraid. Uh, otherwise, I'd okay. be all over it. Uh, there is
4: no need to lie, Dave. But no problem. <laughs> yep, not a problem. All right. Yep, yep now taking offence. I'm yeah. taking.
0: Okay. Well, and, thank you for calling up, Gary, and letting us know about that. Thank you, Dave. All right. Cheers, Gary.
4: Have a nice day. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: That's Gary Poundland there. He's at the Glee Club on Monday night. It will be a fantastic and bonkers show. So do go along and see that. This is the Broad Radio Comedy Show. And we're approaching the end now of the show. Nothing more uh, dramatic than that. Um, I'm James Cook. I won't be here next week. I don't know what they'll do just an hour of respectful silence presumably uh, no Brum radio comedy show next week but back the week after that with more nonsense it's been pretty good today we've had Paul McCaffrey on, Paul Sinner and Gary Poundland called in how amazing is that? Oh and Hannah Sylvester as well right at the beginning of the show um, so if you want to listen again with all the music you can uh, via Mixcloud, go to brumradio.com for details of that, also brumradio.com for details of the podcast if you just want to listen to all the talking next Thursday I'm doing a gig at the Symphony Hall in Birmingham which sounds grander than it is um, it's, it's I believe the gig is actually on the stage of the Symphony Hall but like the whole gig is on the stage in the Symphony Hall with uh, the audience and everything. Anyway, uh, I'll be able to report back on that when I uh, speak to you again. Uh, I'm also doing some kids gigs as well. Weeks. that's this weekend. Uh, I'll let you know how they went too. And we'll be looking at all the stuff coming up in and around Birmingham comedy-wise as we do. It's the kind of point of the show. So that'll be two weeks today, which will be the twenty. 20- 7th of February, when we return. Until then, this is James Cook for the Brum Radio Comedy Show, saying ta